Once upon a time, there was war. People destroyed one another en masse once upon a time. Sometimes they did it for reasons that seem like they make sense, like survival or revenge. Other times, they did it for reasons that probably made no sense even to people at the time, much less to the modern listener. Amelta is lucky enough to be able to refer to the Age of War as a past era, a relic, a chapter of history texts and little else. This is because Amilta has other things to worry about. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, King Cat, and I am your biggest problem right now. Oh, starting provocatively, huh? Yeah, and powerfully. Season two off to a strong start. It's still season one. I keep telling you this. When is season two? I thought we were season two now. That hasn't happened yet. Okay. We are driving ever closer to the season two. We're on our way. We're, we're on the bus on its way to season two. Mm-hmm. All right. So with me in this crime bus that is expeeding the speed. <laughs> I'm trying to make a speed reference here. No, I'm just trying to talk about how fast the bus is going. Uh, Not under 55? No, Nick, I'm capable of not making references, (laughs) you fool. Okay, so the bus is going very, very fast, and Nick is on the bus. You need to start it with pop quiz. Hi, Nick. No, nothing. Hi, Nick. Hi. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm... I'm making bad jokes about speed. The movie, not the drug. (sighs) Kathleen's here. I'm on speed on the bus. Hey. Public transit is a good place for that. Yeah. I'm also on the bus. I'm a stowaway. I didn't pay for a ticket. Kirsten, that's a crime. I am a criminal. I do lots of crimes. A criminal on the crime bus? I, I I am on a crime bus. Boop, boop. Here comes the crime bus. Ready to drive into your hearts with a new episode of Sort of Symphonies. <laughs> we were just talking about how we stopped fucking up our outros. This isn't the outro. So we've decided to fuck up the intros instead, I guess? Yeah, this intro is the single is the second worst intro I've ever done. I appreciate you clarifying that one. The Halloween Spooktacular had some some doozies. I don't remember the Halloween Spooktacular, but I will take your word for it. You were there. I know I was there. That's the one where I was a ghost. That was like, what, six months ago? Yeah, that was like 25 years ago. That was in the before times. Back when I could get nuggies. Mm Mm-hmm. Do we do we need to stop to have to let you go get nuggies? No, I can do this. I have the power. Okay. So we were on a boat. Are we still on a boat? Yeah, you were on a boat. Yes. No, that's speed two. Nick. We almost Nick. We were almost doing the podcast. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But you know what? You're right. You're right. I left my flank vulnerable. Yep. You took the opportunity. The Westbreaker has for about a week now been driving steadily northward up along the coast. The forest is never far out of view. The air is steadily, day by day, growing colder and less hospitable, even as the skies remain clear and friendly. And at the end of this week, you find yourself in a settlement. Though Westbreaker drops anchor and it is time to go ashore in what looks to be an absolutely brand new seaside town. Welcome to Frangad. A chill wind rushes over the settlement, kicking up the odor of pine resin and sawdust. Some stumps still remain where trees have been cleared away from the coastline, and workers busily convert those trees into a set of piers jutting out into the iron-cold northern sea. The sun is bright but useless, 
until the shadow of a passing cloud reminds everyone what this place feels like in the dark. Chilling workers, soldiers, and visitors alike with a sudden biting cold. Buildings rise from nothing along the coast, some large enough to house the Westbreaker and some barely large enough for three people. Strong, serious people call to one another from the timbers, coordinating an effort that will see Hrangad conjured into being. In the meantime, tents, banners, and fires occupy the center of the area, dominated by one large white tent, outside of which stands a flag of brilliant green and white, the standard of the Aurora Legion. Um, while watching the, the shoreline, Penelope is going to um, survival boreal check just to see, kind of like, take note of the types of vegetation and flora, fauna, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure thing. Although we did file the types off of survival. Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are looking at an expanse of pine forest. It's not dissimilar to the forests around Northridge. Much colder, definitely. But you see similar trees, some similar plants growing just at the seaside. You hear the cry of a good old-fashioned bird of prey. And you're like, yep, I know this jerk. So it's familiar enough to Penelope to home that, like, we haven't gotten into more like Arctic Circle type vegetation yet. This is where the forest meets the tundra. If you look out past the tree line, you can see a great expanse of white. The tundra is not far away. Oh, okay. So we, yeah, we're, okay, we're, we're approaching. We're on the border, the border town. A frontier town we are building. And Penelope also has fashioned uh, some warmer... Like, we have warmer clothes for ourselves, but she's taken some old blankets and stuff and fashioned some covering for Polly as well. A delightful poncho. A delightful elk poncho. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's not the nicest looking because Penelope's sewing is uh, rusty. Yeah, has she sewn at all since she hastily put flowers onto her clothes? No, not much. I mean, maybe the very... Wear quick, patch something up while you're, as you're traveling kind of thing. But that's mostly not for aesthetics, more just to keep the elements out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she hasn't really done sewing much in a, in a while. Okay. Clara is excited to get into the rowboat. Cobb is probably like standing in the rowboat, like waving everybody over, making sure nobody's falling into the water, which is, I'm sure, very cold. Clara does give a little hop into the rowboat that is not good boat safety. <laughs> come on, come on, come on! Oh, it's been a while since I've been up this far north. Mm. I don't miss the weather. It's quite brisk, for sure. What are you talking about? It's beautiful out. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I guess you're you're used to this climate. <laughs> Tissa has managed to get in the boat, but she doesn't make any indication of having heard the conversation because she's got the hood of the Whisper Wall cloak up. Just nice and cozy and warm and quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of looking off to the side in the sort of looking at a thing trance, I think, as we shove off. Bob is just kind of going, oh, I feel so, I feel so overdressed and he probably has like a scarf. <laughs> encumbered <sighs> the scarf is holding you back from your true potential and Caldas and Marcus both dressed in stiff overcoats Caldas has not buttoned his up but is continually just kind of fussing with it also get into the rowboat and it's time to go ashore you guys get to meet my boss probably wait you oh. mean it's not Cobb kind of like motions to Marcus uh uh-uh. I mean, kind of. Um, Boss on loan, are you in, Marcus? I owe rank. Mm. I am her de facto boss. Uh, boss on loan. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's sort of like if my parents weren't around, then I was the one in charge. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. The commander's basically my babysitter. No, I'm not going to argue with that. 
Commander, Cobb is bullying me. Cobb is just doing, going to continue rowing. Marcus, like Tissa, shows no indication that he heard that. What time of day is it? It is uh, late morning. Something nine-ish. Okay. The ocean is freezing, but not particularly rowdy. It's relatively placid, but if you were to dip your hand in it, you would regret that life choice. Penelope's been tempted. She, she, she's wondered, but she hasn't. Like, no lies, Tissa also here has been, like, moving her hand and then, like, moving it back. And I think that what she started doing is passing a little glowing something <laughs> between her hand that is probably, um, I don't know, uh, lively heat is maybe the spell that it is. Okay, um, actually, I have spell pieces, Rangrad. Oh, okay. The spell pieces in this area are War, Assembly, Chill, Ready, and New. So it's a new heat, then? New heat. Caldas actually does reach down and touch the surface of the water, and for a little bit trails his fingers behind the boat, then uh, pulls his hand back up and shakes it, kind of rubs it against his pant leg, trying to heat it back up again. Tissa notices this, like, catch. He, I think, like you, tosses it back and forth mm -hmm. between his hands for a little bit before tossing it back to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Don't know why I decided to do that. <laughs> it's such a deep blue that I haven't seen further south. It's so... It is very enticing. Yeah. Well, it's far more dangerous up here, so be careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fun stuff happens once we get ashore, though. <laughs> I suppose you get to go back to your big, uh, I guess, main workshop, then. Uh-huh. You've been out here roughing it with, the, with all of us. I know. <laughs> and none of you understand me. I understand you, but not any of your... Cobb kind of, like, wiggles fingers with one of his hands. Your toys. My art. Your heart? Yeah, that, too. So we're going to stop here. We're going to, well, I'm going to do my report and get back to my workshop where I belong. Righto. Uh-huh. You guys can stay here for a while so you can sleep on solid ground. I don't know how many tents they have, though. Looks like they're just building this. I assume that this uh, is a, s a small place. They don't have uh, travelers' accommodations like inns or that kind of thing, hey? Nope. This is a military encampment in the process of transitioning into a full-time settlement. All right. Necessities are there, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, hopefully we can at least get some more fresh water, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Is it, is, uh, Kat, is it, like, snowing out or anything like that? It is not snowing. Okay. It is a clear, beautiful day. It's just a cold one. I was going to say, if there was snow around, then that's all the fresh water you need, but... Yeah, piece of cake. You scoop it up, you melt it, you don't think about it, you don't ask questions. Put it in a bucket, let the bucket melt. As the popular children's rhyme goes all around the northern part of Emilsa. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the bucket, let the bucket melt. Don't ask questions, don't worry about it. Oh, uh, yes, that old chestnut. <laughs> There's snow in the bucket, dear players, dear players. Uh, Kirsten. Oh, no. <laughs> oh Kirsten. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> is there's a hole in a bucket, dear Liza, a song that exists <laughs> in Emilta? No. Liza's not a name that exists in Emilta. It's like Walter. What? What even is that name? <laughs> it's very strange. <sighs> okay. The rowboat makes its way up to one of the piers, one that is mostly constructed. They don't have anything that can accommodate the Westbreaker. Not yet. But there's a pier that you can moor the rowboat at and climb up onto dry land. The smell of sawdust here is even more powerful. There's stumps and planks and logs and the constant sound of sawing and hammering and work and construction, and Clara is delighted. It's very busy here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are there any other ships here? 
Or is it just the uh, Westbreaker out anchored a little ways away? It is just the Westbreaker. Were, uh, were we supposed to bring additional supplies with us, Clara? No. Okay. Remember, the Westbreaker's a prototype. Mm. And this, she holds her little arms out, is going to be our staging point. For what? Huh? What are you staging? A navy! But where are they going? Are they just going to be? Oh, they're going north. Mm. They're going north in hopes that we can liberate the shores. Oh, it's complicated. Oh, but this is where everyone would get ready. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Oh. It's far enough south that it doesn't get ice-locked easily. Access to the forest means ready supplies, including some very straight, very nice trees. They are very tall. Penelope kind of like covers her eyes with her hand and looks up to the tops of the trees. Unless I'm very much mistaken, that, and she points to one of the buildings people are working on, the large one, is gonna be my shipyard. Look at it. She kind of reaches up and puts her hand on either side of Penelope's face, like, look at it. I see. Look at it. It's it's very, uh, very impressive. Right? Uh, how... How do you get the ships there? Um, you make them there. Oh. Oh, I see, I see. It's like asking, how do you get chickens inside eggs? Like, how do you fit a chicken inside there? Huh. That makes more sense than how I was picturing things. How were you picturing <laughs> things? Have you never been to a dry dock? Uh... No, I suppose you wouldn't have, would you? You should go look. Can we look? Yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on! Penelope kind of picks up her stride to follow Clara and... Bob just kind of shrugs and, and, and follows along. And Marcus sighs and does the same. The building you're coming up on is built on the waterfront. Part of it is clearly meant to jut out over the water. And it is enormous. It is the size of multiple Westbreakers. Right now, it's just the skeleton of a building. This is going to be quite the undertaking once it's all done, isn't it? Yep. Quite the facility. Mm-hmm. This is quite possibly the largest dry dock I think I've ever seen, or at least soon to be dry dock. <laughs> yep, uh, Dry dock. Penelope kind of repeats to herself. You can't build a boat on the water, because when you build a boat, it's just a skeleton. It's got all kind of holes in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, would, it wouldn't float yeah. yet. You got to build them on land and then put them in the water. Mm. So that's what a dry dock is. One success on sensitivity survival. How deep is the water that we're in right now? Will they have to build more of a ram, like in order to actually launch a ship from here? It's actually pretty deep here. When you were coming up, you couldn't see the bottom. Mm. And you've seen lots of cliffs lining the shores. Yeah, see, it's it's deep here. And so you can go into the water and then... Because you remember how far out um, um, in Stageport all of the piers were? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to be deep enough for a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's it's not something I had thought of in specific terms before. Yep. Mm. It's going to take time before our Navy's fully operational. But once it is, we'll be able to undertake much more complicated um, assaults or whatever. And they'll mostly be sailing north, you say? Where were you staging out of before? Oh, we don't have a Navy. Oh. I told you, the Westbreaker's a prototype. Oh, oh, no, no, I mean, like, um, the, the Navy that's going to be here, where were they staging out of before? Or... It doesn't exist. It did, oh. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah. Wow. Up until now, up until, well, okay, okay. Once upon a time, once upon a time, boats tried to make it up to the far north, but they couldn't. Because a lot of the time of the year, there's thick ice on the surface of the ocean that would 
not only grab a boat and stick it and trap it, but also wreck up the hull? Terrible. Awful. So, operations in the far north have been on a land basis since anyone can remember. That is, until now. I see. When? I don't want to say a genius, but the smartest person you know, for sure. <laughs> oh, Clara. <laughs> hey! Huh? Came up with a design capable of shattering the ice that leaves the ocean untraversable. Mm-hmm. And that prototype is called... She swings her arm out to see the Westbreaker. Wow. Definitely brings perspective. We're going to build our navy out of ships like that. I definitely have told you this before. Penelope kind of tilts her head. Per- perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Mm. So we're going to build more Westbreakers, and we're going to use them to fight on the coast. Oh. And then it's easier to move things on the water. Exactly. That's the plan. But it's just us going north this time. Mm-hmm. How, yep. how long does it take to mm. get from here? Mm. Marcus chimes in a couple days. A couple days more. Oh, so this isn't, this isn't your final stop, then? No, it's not. Um, this is not far from where we had to turn back last time. But we're heading just past that. Penelope kind of... sort of nods solemnly. Everyone looks at Penelope, as if expecting her to say something. <laughs> She does take a, an orange out of her pocket, though. One of the last few fresh ones, because I assume they're going to have to be pickled soon. Oh. And what do you... Hey. Oranges? That's a... That's an okay pocket snack. Mm-hmm. Hey. Good job. They're, they're, they're pretty good. We got a bunch when we left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't congratulate her, Clara. She's only doing this because she finally ran out of croissants. Penelope kind of oh. shoots a look at Cobb and... What? You well, did? N- Let's get you to the local patissiere. There's one here? Of course there isn't. Oh. And her shoulders kind of slumped with that. Don't, don't be mean, Clara. I can't help it. <laughs> Tissa gets one success on sensitivity humanity and... Tilts her head and looks at Marcus a little bit, but doesn't really say anything. Because she's still thinking about, well, okay, but it's only Marcus's crusaders who are going north this time. He looks worried. Which is odd, because he doesn't normally show that particular feeling or facial expression easily. Has Clara's uh, attitude changed as we've gone north? Like, I know she's been excited to be at her dry dock, but... Has there been anything else? Uh, I'm going to roll. Yeah. Two success. Two successes will tell you that Clara is worried. She mentioned to you guys that she was worried about Marcus. But she's also very excited. In part to see her creation finally get to show what it's made of. She's very proud of what she's done. And this is a place where she gets to show it off. Okay. So, is there anything we need to do for this ship before we head further north? Hmm. I mean, Mr. Cobb is right. It wouldn't be a bad idea to stock up on fresh water. Hmm. Yes. Yes, that would be... Um. Perhaps we should find the closest spring. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go report to my boss. You guys can come with if you want. Yeah. Might as well introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, come on! I wouldn't miss this family reunion. I'd been meaning to introduce Caldas to the Archknight, so we'll come as well. Hooray! Carathas kind of opens his arms like, yay! Then maybe like realizes this is not the time. Uh, As we're walking, Tissa is kind of increasingly like looking at Cobb and then looking at Marcus and then looking at Clara and then looking at Keldus and then looking at Marcus again. And the wheels are turning. I've not seen someone so eager to to be enlisted, uh, Keldus, but 
Oh, it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be fun. Assuredly. Mm-hmm. And he looks at Marcus for a long enough time that you can tell that he's just waiting for a reaction that doesn't come. Nah, it's gonna be great. And Cobb kind of walks up and gives uh, Marcus a slap on the back. Ah, oh, don't be so stubborn. Ugh. It is not going to be fun. I can assure you of that. However, as his ability to contact people remotely is limited to people with whom he has been acquainted, it is a good idea to introduce him to ranking officers. Hmm. And again, Penelope solemnly nods, saying nothing. If it were not for that, it would not be a good idea. You mean none of you can do that? Hmm? T- talk to each other over distance. Wow. Okay, I got that part wrong. Hold on. And Cobb kind of like takes out a small... Uh, I don't know if he's pretending to write something down or if he actually is writing something down. <laughs> he won't let me see either. <laughs> yeah, I like knowing people. And Tissa does nod to this. I'm very excited to meet a new Arch Knight, as mine is different from others, I have heard. <laughs> Rumor has it, my Arch Knight is a special case. She did certainly seem a little more down to earth. Yeah. We were underground. I didn't even think of it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's really far down to earth. Huh. Good catch, Tissa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. It's good. It's really good. Clara leads you up to the large tent in the middle of the military encampment portion of Frangad and kind of peeks her little head in the flap. And reporting for duty. Come on, come on, come on, come on. A second later, she pulls the flap open and motions for everyone to follow. Penelope uh, ducks in as well. Going to see the arsenal. Now I feel a little underdressed. (laughs) Maybe I need another scarf. (laughs) Kaldis stops a minute, does up one of the buttons on his coat, touches one of the other ones, decides against it, (laughs) <laughs> I think Cobb tries to button up the fancy shirt that he wears and realizes that, like, the top couple of buttons have been missing for quite a long time. <laughs> I like the delay of these two boys trying to see how fancy they can be. <laughs> well, I can assure you that Tissa does nothing to prepare to walk through the tent aside from walk through it. Perfect. Thank you, Tissa. Role model. The inside of the tent is large and bright white as sunlight filters through white canvas. There is an enormous, solidly built wooden table in the middle of the ground is covered in kind of a a stiff but utilitarian carpet just to put a layer between the frost and the people inside. Standing at this table, there is a tall woman, easily Cobb's size, with a long halo of red hair. She's dressed in a stiff uniform jacket of dark green. And behind her, there is a sort of mannequin on which is hung a suit of brilliant shining armor. There are several weapons behind her. She is looking over what appears to be the primary source of entertainment for Crusaders, which is to say, a map of the region. And it's just her? Yeah. Okay. She looks up, nods at you all. Archknight Gaius Beryl, Aurora Legion, a pleasure. Yourselves? Uh, Jonathan Cobbler? And Cobb kind of shifts a little uncomfortably. Wait, is that what your name is? Caldas whispers. <laughs> No one calls him that, it's true. <laughs> uh. Yes? Huh. Uh. Um. Caldas Wayfor. Uh. Albatross Legion. Formerly. Her eyebrows raise at this, but she doesn't say anything. And these are Tissa and Penelope! Yes, yes. Uh, I. My. This one's my Penelope. Name is Penelope Hunter. And, um. I do have my uh, companion with me, Polly. She's uh, 
probably munching on some grass at the moment. What's the map? This is the coast surrounding areas and beginning of the tundra. Mm. From here past Naka. She kind of opens a hand as if to say, come take a look. Penelope kind of peers a little closer. Like Tissa walks over and looks at the map. See, we're here. Clara jams her little finger down on the edge of the forest. We're here. Uh-huh. The commander's going up here. And she points at a little seaside town that's marked out well within the tundra. The normal staging point for Aurora Legion operations is the Aurora Fortress. Here. She jams her little finger down in what is properly tundra. And like how far away from that are we looking at weeks journey, days journey by foot? More than a week. Okay. We're a ways from the Aurora Fortress. Tissa kind of like makes a little triangle with her fingers sort of it's like but 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 okay so you'll never guess what I found you'll never guess you'll never guess what I found and the arch knight shows no reaction to this and she well I didn't find it they found it but they gave it to me thunk and she pulls out the massive tome from the barrel grain oh yeah that thing this thing and Penelope kind of turns to Cobb, like, oh, yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, That's right. That's, that's yeah. how we got the ship. Yeah. In exchange for the prototype. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, Mr. Cobbler, Miss Hunter, and Tizza are going to be the crew of the prototype, and they're going to... Our plan is for them to take the commander and his unit to Naka, and then, um, I mean... Elsewhere, I suppose. But look, 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 look. And Gaius Barrel peers over the table at the book, reaches over, and her expression doesn't change as she flips the pages. Eventually, she just kind of blinks at Clara. It's automaton schematics. Real ones. No one's built one of these from scratch in hundreds of years. We can do it. And at this, her eyebrows climb again. She gives a silent nod. Is, you have access to, to the materials needed? I've been gathering the materials needed as we've been going. So that's where you've been. Yeah, Stageport has foundries. They could find me all kinds of gears and shit. Ah. Sorry, gears. I'm wondering where you got off to so, so much of the time. <laughs> and then Cobb kind of turns to, uh, to the Arch Knight. She always came back. We always made sure we didn't leave without her. Evidently. Wait, is this bullying? No. If they had left you behind, you would not be present right now. Oh. Oh, yeah. Marcus just shakes his head. No. Mm. Two successes on Daring Humanity. Tissa just kind of blurts out. Volcanic chafing sunk that book. Oh, yeah, that was... Wait, was that? Tissa, Tissa. Refresh my memory. On the boat, on the boat, it was that we found it, that the coral spirit, well, it brought it out, but it had, um... But the ship wanted us to find... I think she's kind of upset. Like, she has a really strong feeling of, like, anxiety around this book and not many facts. Um, I'm going to roll a understanding humanity to see if uh, Penelope actually... She, she's not the, the best at picking up on people's uh, inner feelings, but I'm going to see if she catches uh, Tissa's... Uh, Tissa's worry. Now, before you make this roll, do you have anything in your key that could help? Uh, I have caring. There you go. So I'm going to use my caring and uh, make sure I mark that off like a good girl because... Add a girl. Two successes. Okay. Kathleen, what do you think? Two successes? So I, I remember that Tissa voiced her concerns about the book 
at the very beginning of the podcast. And we could tell from the way that the boat had been sunk, like, violently and definitively, that somebody didn't want this book to reach, or at least the ship, but Tissa's pretty sure it's the book, to reach where it was trying to go however many years ago. And, like, has just always not particularly liked it. Okay. And now that now that it's been brought out again uh, and around the, the Legion here as we're in the north, the anxiety and nervousness around it are... Uh, well, I think that she's probably also feeding off of, like, the general tension that everyone else has. She's been making a lot of nervous glances. So Tissa spoke up because she was compelled to, but she didn't have a plan for what she was going to do after she said that thing. And maybe she feels that, like, saying that Adalith had a beef with this book is self-evident. Gaius Beryl gives just a small nod and says, Noted. Oh, on that note, Engineer, there is an assignment for you. <gasps> assignment! Assignment, 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 assignment! Guys, barrel sighs this way. And she opens the back flap of this enormous tent. And on the other side of it, there is a horse-drawn carriage. It was horse-drawn. The horses aren't there. They can't be expected to hang around all the time. Fuck, they got shit to do. Oh, of course not. They got horse stuff to do. They're just horsing around. (laughs) (laughs) But the carriage is large. It's a large platform, and it is covered in canvas. Easily the size of... um, Look, I don't know what size anything is, and that's a problem I have as a human being. Mm-hmm. I think a carriage mm-hmm. is a pretty good size all on its own. I'm trying to describe the size of the thing on the carriage. Ah. Uh, well, what size is it so we can tell you what size it is? Is it what like the is it like the size of a toolbox, the size of a hay bale? It's not the size of a toolbox. Bigger. Oh, I just wrote the word massive in my notes. That doesn't fucking help. <laughs> so like, that so doesn't like help at all. Hay bale. Okay. You guys would recognize it as being the size of truck. Okay. It is the size of truck. For audience and listener and podcast friends, size of truck. <laughs> okay. This was unearthed in the veld. It is the most complete specimen we have yet acquired. And Clara lifts the canvas to show rusted, soiled, caked metal underneath. Oh. It looks like it's in pretty bad shape. I was thinking you could fix that. (gasps) Oh, yes. I can fix that. What? What is... What is that inside the carriage? A weapon from the last war. Ah. Weapon or a box of some sort? And Cobb kind of like looks sideways at it. He has no idea what to make of it. (laughs) You'll see. You'll see. Okay, where am I waking? Show me a workshop. We're ready to go. Ready to go now. Clara is just vibrating with excitement at the prospect of having a whole automaton. And that's what is under this canvas. Oh, a complete specimen. Inoperable, like many of the automata that are still under the veld, but complete. Well, so why do you need the book if you've got this one? Can't you just, like, you know, look at it? I mean, the materials have suffered strain, corrosion, damage. Building one from scratch is ultimately going to be more effective, more durable. But... Being able to get an original up and running is going to give important insight into how they work, not to mention into the materials used. So... Can you imagine what kind of alloy this is? I can't. How how old would this be? 
over a hundred years old. Mm. And Penelope kind of reaches out a hand, but doesn't quite touch it because she sort of pauses. Just kind of looks at it. Um, she's actually going to do understanding, tinkering, to see if there's any, uh, I mean, obviously she doesn't have engineering, but if there's anything that seems to catch her eye. Tom just kind of looks at it and goes, so how do you operate it? Is it like a, is it like a boat? Oh no, it operates itself. Operates itself. So it's like a big metal horse? Yeah. One success, one edge success. Uh, she probably has never seen anything quite close to this. <laughs> so, But um, you can see what looks like a panel held on by screws. Like, you can recognize what screws do. Oh, okay. So this must be the main engine part? She kind of motions to the panel. Wouldn't it be, I mean, if it was a horse, wouldn't it be like a heart or a <laughs> lung or a brain? Does it have a brain? Yeah. Sort of. Okay. Huh. It's complicated. What does it run on? Like, how does it... Hey? Like, <laughs> Maybe I made a mistake when I said it was like a horse. Maybe that's where we're getting stuck. Maybe that's where we're getting stuck. Oh, oh, here. okay. Oats, then. Yeah. Oats. <laughs> Is it more, like, does it run kind of on how the engine of the Westbaker runs? Mm. Oh, on coal. <laughs> I mean, it can be made to run on coal, but they ran on a hundred years ago is still a matter of some debate. Hmm. Some of them still kind of move around. Cobb kind of talks out of the corner of his mouth to, uh, to Penelope. I'll bet they run on oats. Penelope kind of like... Tries to uh, keep back a smirk. <laughs> Marcus sighs and puts his head in his hands. Mm. But uh, speaking of oats, Cobb, does anyone else feel like some lunch or 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 something? It has been a little while, hasn't it? Ah, uh, this way. Let me show you all to the mess tent. Ah, oh, well, thank you. And I mean, it's a tent with a long, long row of tables and benches in it. Right now, it's mostly empty. It's late for breakfast and early for lunch, so almost everybody's out at work, but... Brunch. Very good meal. Brunch it is. Well, we'll see if we'll see if they can actually service right now. I don't know how strict their scheduling is. Oh, I, I don't mind making something for people. Penelope kind of has a bit of a nervous energy right now, so she's sort of trying to, like, find things to do. I guess, because she doesn't really quite know what to do around here. <laughs> yep. Gaius Beryl assures you that she will make arrangements and leaves the mess tent, presumably to go find somebody. Oh, okay. Um, thank you. you Cobb kind of, like, deflates a little bit. He's like, oh, so, sorry. That's my boss. Yeah, she, um, reminds me of someone I used to know. Anyways, uh, brunch, was it? Yeah. It's good stuff. I could go for a steak. Well, I'm excited. You have steak here? Make mine to go. I just need a sandwich. I gotta go. I gotta go. Come on. Daring humanity plus love. And Tiss has just been increasingly anxious, like, this whole time, I think. And she just stops and looks at Marcus and says... Why is it only you that are going to Naka? Hmm. Because that is where my legion failed. I have attempted to return several times. Once with Mr. Cobbler and his vessel, but we were unable to make it through the ice. And and at that, Penelope kind of just puts a hand on his shoulder. But why is it only you? Because I can't leave it like this. I'll be all right. The 
The assault proper isn't going to begin until the Navy is up and running. My intent is twofold. First, to at least establish a base of operations, however small. And second, to find any survivors I can. It's been years, but if anyone has survived, they're going to need reinforcements. Don't worry. I don't intend to do anything as ambitious as retaking the city on my own. Tissa kind of shifts her weight. Don't worry. I think we can help out a li- at least a little bit, and uh, Cobb kind of gets some of his swagger back. After all, you uh, you helped the crew out the last time, Marcus. It's the very least that we could do for you, so... Hey. I... Uh, I was... I did not intend to ask. This well, is we, not something I would ask of the three of you. We're here, and we we want to help. It's uh, you're important to us. This is this is an important mission. And Keltus takes his hand off Tissa and reaches over to take Marcus's hand, and he says, "You gotta stop being a big fucking baby, and acknowledge that there are people around you who like you a lot, to varying degrees." And at this, Penelope nods, uh, a big nod, not her solemn nod, but her uh, a big nod. This is what we were fighting about the entire fucking time you were in, in Stageport. He's going to be like this. He's always going to be like this. But you know what? In that case, let me make the decision for you. And Cobb is going to roll uh, Daring Humanity and use his Key of Solidarity to reassure Marcus that the crew of the Westbreaker has his back. Aww. And that is four successes. Cobb is... Oh, damn. That was good. Cobb gets to his feet, and he's got his hand on the captain's saber, and he puts one hand on Marcus's shoulder and says, The crew of the Westbreaker, all four of the new are there with you, Marcus. We'll get you home. I think it's our turn to help out everybody. What do you say? He looks you dead in the face, and he just nods. This is the same look he had when he gave the order to turn back. Yes, Captain. And Penelope salutes Cobb and also turns to Marcus and, and salutes. Hmm. I just wonder if any of you can drive my beautiful boat well enough. I've been learning. Um, this sounds difficult. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to need somebody who knows a lot about my beautiful, perfect boat, huh? Well, <laughs> we do know somebody who knows a lot about your per- perfect, beautiful boat. Ooh, say that part again, please. Uh, well, we do know somebody who knows a lot about your perfect, beautiful boat. <laughs> I accept. Yay! <laughs> Clara just kind of jumps on Marcus's back, and he's having none of this, but he's not chucking her off either. <laughs> Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll talk to the Arch Knight. <laughs> Usually she lets me get away with stuff. Yes, that that sounds good. Uh. And then Cobb kind of turns to everybody else. She's not th- that wrong, though. We do probably need to find some more folks who can operate this thing once we get done helping Marcus out. <sighs> Very well. This... We are not taking large steps, but this will be dangerous. Yeah. This is... I will do my best to ensure nothing befalls any of you. And we will do our best to be careful. No more acrobatics on a bird for me. I I promise. Please don't do that anymore. That was horrible. Leave that part to us, Marcus. You just concentrate on what you need to do. We'll take care of ourselves and you. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was scary. I, I, I think that we can just keep that part in, in our memory. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And speaking of memories. Is it that time again? It's memory time. <laughs> I I have to say that moment where uh, where Cultus took Marcus's hand and is like, "Stop being a big baby." And I was like, "Oh, it, it was it was very touching." 
Yeah, I want to say that my memory was I was I was trying to do a big goth drama scene because I'm a big drama goth, and then you turned it wholesome with the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I am a fucking anime nerd. <laughs> Biggest all the anime. <laughs> I live for this shit. <laughs> big anime moment. It's good. It's good. Uh, my memory was I, I really appreciated the fact that the the Arch Knight here actually lines up with something that I was working through on Cobb's backstory unusually well, which is why he got very uncomfortable around her. Oh, neat. So I thought that was fun and cool. Oh, good. Well, that might be fun to drill down into next time then. Next time, listeners. Next time. Next time. You will find out more about... The inner workings of Cobb. That's mostly mostly oats. Did I hear you say it's mostly oats? It's mostly oats. Okay, bye, listener. <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> bye, listener. Uh, oh, um, please give me your memories. I'll die without them. I'll be murdered. It'll be awful. If you have memories or, admittedly, chicken nuggies for me, you can use Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs or on the website at SortOfSymphonies.com. We'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear all about your favorite role-playing games. If you're listening to Sort of Symphonies, we'd love to hear what you think. And if you've played Heroic Chord, tell me fucking everything. All of it. Yes. And also tell us what your favorite types of oats are. <laughs>